Hey folks, welcome back. This is Andy and this is the Poor Pearls Almanac. Continuing with our Left Media interview series, today we're speaking with Shar and Kristen from AK Press. If you're not familiar with AK Press, they're one of the oldest anarchist publishers in the United States. We have a really great conversation around the idea of what an anarchist publishing company, or any company for that matter, really looks like working under the framework of capitalism. Not just this, but we discuss what the future of publishing looks like, and we get some really great book recommendations at the end. So take a listen, tell us what you think. Shari Kristen, thanks so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about AK Press and uh, what your roles are there? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. So I'll introduce myself, talk a little bit about, you know, like the bare bones of AK Press, and then Shara will introduce themselves and do a little bit of a deep dive on AK. So my name is Kristen. My pronouns are they, them. I am a publicist in the publishing department at AK Press. And for any folks who are not familiar, AK Press is an anarchist, worker-run, and non-hierarchical collective that publishes and distributes radical books and other media. We're all self-identified anarchists, and that is also reflected in the books we publish, distribute, as well as how we structure and organize our labor. There's about eight of us now in the full collective, and we are all paid the same salary, so we don't operate on a tiered or seniority-based pay system. Um, my name is Shar, and my pronouns are they, them, and I work in the distribution department at AK, and so that means I work in our warehouse. I just want to say that we're not here to speak for the full collective, but it's a really great honor to come on and talk about our jobs and get to just talk about what Kristen and I do in our everyday jobs. A little bit about the history of AK. AK Press became a non-hierarchical worker-run collective in 1990 in Edinburgh, Scotland. And then in 1994, one of the founders moved to the Bay Area, and then we were located in the Bay Area until 2015, and then we had a warehouse fire. And that's when we moved our warehouse up to its current location in Chico, California, which is when I was lucky enough to start being a part of AK and found about about it there. And it was rad. such an awesome experience for me to find that. Um, I was about 18 or 19 when I started volunteering there. So it was a really cool experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Not everyone is lucky enough to have those types of opportunities that young. One thing I do want to say before we get going is that as somebody that's bought a bunch of books from AK Press, I really appreciate the work you guys are doing. And while I think that like physically printing the content is important, like it obviously is, I also think it's really equally, if not more important, to highlight the fact that with the brand that AK Press has today, it does offer a unique opportunity to help highlight folks that are writing today. And I think like it's very easy when you're like, oh, you you want to learn more about like anarchy or leftism or whatever to kind of go to like traditional names that everyone will say, you know, go Google Murray Bookchin or whatever. And like there's nothing wrong with reading that content. But in a world where anyone can publish anything on the internet, it's really nice to have somebody that you know will go through that process of like vetting and saying these are people that are worth reading. So I do want to ask and see what your thoughts about how you decide what you want to publish and a bit about the role of publishing and anarchist publishers in particular, especially in a time when just about anything can be found on the internet. So thank you so much for saying that. We really appreciate the support for AK Press. So one of the things that makes it an amazing place to work at, and in my opinion, a reputable source for the content we publish is the fact that every book that we publish is decided as a collective. This goes for books on topics or by authors that may or may not be familiar to folks inside or outside of our readership. 
We also take into account anarchist work and literature that has been out of print. For example, we're reprinting a large number of Murray Bookchin's books. So while we have departments within AK Press, we meet as a full collective to discuss things like submissions, assigning readers, report backs on recent submissions, and all that fun stuff. I do want to be clear that it's not the publishing department that greenlights the books. We are all responsible for reading the manuscripts and making the case for books to be published. For me, this requires a lot of open communication, uh, being present, asking questions, and uh, remaining curious to the things that are going on in our communities and in the world at large. When looking at manuscripts, the questions that I ask myself are like, what do I want to see more of for the publishing program at AK Press? Uh, what ideas, perspectives, and stories will not only give me something to learn from, but will also maybe open the minds of people who are not familiar with anarchism? Sometimes we meet together and we just have really free-flowing conversations about the work we have published in the past or the cool things that people are working on in the present. The ideas and theories that inspire me personally are rooted in abolition, Black anarchism, Indigenous anarchism, trans and queer insurrection, mutual aid, transformative justice, labor organizing. And again, speaking for myself personally, I feel like these are all really special and important driving forces for our publishing program. Yeah, I was speaking for myself. One of my favorite things about AK, um, especially being in distro in our distribution department, is that once we've voted on a book, kind of goes over to publishing and they get to work with it for a really long time. But I have the special connection of like, I've read through that manuscript. I know what that book is. And so when they come about it and we talk about it, like I also have knowledge about the author. And then it's so special once it arrives at the warehouse and it's like my time, like I get to go out and pull it and pack it and send it out to people with all these books that I've been so excited about. And that's also why I think our distribution department is so special because we carry thousands of books in smaller presses. And so we offer a bigger platform for those smaller presses and also offer those books up for people who maybe would have never found these books before because they're on the AK Press website. Everything in our warehouse is uploaded on our website. And so there are thousands and thousands of books that we don't publish that we carry because we think it's important to have access for that. And that's what I think is so cool is offering so many different types of literature, like packing up an order with like a book about like Black anarchism and then also at the same time a book of like, this is how you garden. This is how you make a vegan cook, like little vegan cookbooks and all that. And just sending those out together being like, wow, not only is this person going to go out and plant in their garden, but they're going to go inside and they're going to read this radical theory. And they're going to use both of that to grow themselves and their communities. And it's just so special. Yeah, absolutely. I got to imagine with everyone reading, you must be like the most well-read printing press that exists. So one of the things I think that's really interesting in particular about what you guys are doing, and in, not necessarily just AK Press, but uh, a lot of anarchist companies, is trying to live your ideals and under a system that explicitly doesn't want that to happen. Like the reality of that is you're forced to confront the limitations of whether it's the theory that guides how you want to organize under a capital system and that can be really like uncomfortable and humbling. It's a moment where you have to reckon with the limitations of what you can do under the system that exists around us. So I know just based on your ages that you probably were not around when the organization started, but could you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Like in day to day, you've mentioned a little bit about how decisions are made. You know, I think we see a lot in social media, people want to do stuff like this, where they're going to start cooperatives and things like that. But 
it's really difficult. And I, I'm a, a tax person, and I can tell you from a tax perspective, it is really complicated. And there are not a lot of people that can even give you good advice on how to do that if you want to. So I don't know if either of you could speak a little bit about that. I'll definitely say that to create a collective or to gather folks that are like-minded in a collective and whether it's book publishing or organizing, it really comes down to, I think, shared values, you know, I, I, I guess this is speaking for myself, but shared values. I guess like it will help me if I talk a little bit about coming into AK Press. Prior to AK Press, I did not work in a collective place. Like I've always had a boss. I've always worked paycheck to paycheck for essentially somebody that's making a shit ton more money than me. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say shit on here. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't really know that things like AK Press existed. And to know that there's people out there that are actively fighting against capitalism, against racism, against hierarchy in the workplace and outside of the workplace. Like I, all of these things, they're out there. These people are out there. And it's a matter of just finding those people and really working together to make it possible. Like it's, it takes a village, you know, and nothing like AK Press has managed to stick around because of the incredible people that believed in the political project. I feel like I answered this question terribly. So I'm hoping Shar can kind of save me. I think no, <laughs> no, I mean, there's something so special about being a part of a collective because at the end of the day, like when you're working, I'm working for myself, but I'm also working for my coworkers who like I deeply care about. And we're all working for the same cause, which is like our political project. And our political project is to make the publications of our books and books that we want to distribute accessible, at least for me, that's what I feel like for me, AK is like this amazing place where no one is telling you what books to order when you go on our website. No one is telling you like, here's the five, like top 10 books on anarchism that you should have. It's like, here are all these books. What do you want to read? What do you want to know about? And like, that's what I think is important. It's just like the availability of knowledge that AK makes possible that like these works like would either wouldn't be published or they wouldn't have access to distribution and people wouldn't be able to get their hands on them unless you're going into bookstores or you're going into info shops and you're finding all these and especially during covid where we didn't have access to that like where our local bookstores were closed or just sending books online like there's a great awesome uh bookstore that we work a lot with called firestorm um, and they're a non-hierarchical run bookstore so we love them run completely just like no bosses, everybody coming together because they love books, you know, they want to make these books accessible for other people. And so like, that's such an inspiration is to see other people doing that. And that's one thing that I make think for me, makes AK so special is that it shows people that you can do this, to have a publishing company be around for like, what, 32 years now. And then also to have our company, I mean, we've grown so much over these decades and like everybody has worked so hard to get us to where we are now to where we can have conversations like this and where our name is like out there that's what I think is important is that showing people that you don't have to be someone's boss if you want to start a business and you don't have to have a boss if you want to start a business like you want to open up a coffee shop cool you don't have to be someone's boss to open up your coffee shop 
here's an example of how you can do this. Like come together with people and work with people. We have a really cool book called Come Hell or High Water. And it's about collectives and it's about like where things go wrong in collectives and how do you work through this? And it's great because it's like, I don't even know how many pages it is, like maybe 150. It's just like this little great book. It's such like a great little resource to read through. And there's so much stuff on our website like that to offer just to like help navigate people through this thing, because it is something that isn't necessarily offered. You've brought up this fact that like cooperatives are really liberating. It becomes very apparent when you start working with one, uh, which I think is really insightful to the fact that like it's fundamentally much more sound than the way we otherwise organize. One of the things that I'm curious about is what were maybe some of the limitations or the things you kind of butted into, or maybe because again, you weren't founding members, maybe they've been kind of smoothed over, but maybe some of the limitations of that model that you see because of like existing under capitalism, where you'd say, these are some great things we'd love to do, but they just don't fundamentally work because of the system around us, like that more pragmatic side of the cooperative model. I feel like AK has navigated that world so well, where I think sometimes it's like, well, there can only be one person's name on this form, right? Yeah. Well, that's fine. Because before that person signs the form, we all talk about it. And we say, okay, that sounds fine. You know, it's like, it's about like, just because there's only one name, one line for a name to be signed doesn't mean that your whole collective didn't talk about it. It's just about having open communication. And I think being in a collective, especially collective, such like a large scale, you would just have to have trust in your collective members. You have to trust that like your collective members are also making the decisions and thinking about it, your political project, that it's as important to them as it is to you. And that they don't want to make the wrong choice. Yeah. And you don't want to make the wrong choice either. And so it's about coming together. And you have to be very vulnerable to be in a, I think, to work in a collective setting in my opinion, like you have to be able to be like, wow, maybe I was wrong about that. Okay. Uh, like to take a step back, because it is about yeah. getting everybody's point of view. Does that slow down the decision making process? Or do you think it doesn't, you, you kind of figure out the rhythm, so it doesn't end up taking as much time as it might initially? It's really interesting that you bring that up, because it does, you know, it is a process with at least like in the publishing department, especially because we call ourselves a radical book publisher. And I feel like we can really call ourselves that because of the way that we work. We don't have a boss that's just doing acquisitions, has all these big names all the time. Like it's very, like everything that we publish is always an open conversation. And personally, I would rather have that be the case for our publishing program rather than having a boss that is just telling me who to reach out to because we need this person for this book or however, however the hell, you know, folks go about it, especially within the big five. But it's really important to have that kind of understanding that what you, what you think, uh, what you want for, for the publishing program, how you want the work structured in your life, like to be able to have a say in all of that is incredibly important. The idea is like, sometimes I think that we're taught just to like take orders and do them, right? Like in school and every other job you have, right? 
And that just kills the ambition that people have, right? You go to work every day and you're like, oh, my boss is going to give me these five reports that I have to do. I'm going to do these reports and then I'm going to go home and then I'm going to start my life. And it's like when you work at a political project or you're a part of a political project, that's also your job. It's kind of like those parts never end, especially when you're you're your own boss because you're motivating yourself. You're getting excited about all these things, but you also get to feel the joy that comes from all of your hard work at the end of the day. Like, I know that like for me, and I think I can speak for Kristen too, like when the book gets to the warehouse and like that, when I hear the truck come and I open up the door and those books come in, it's like, okay, wow. And like, there's just that moment of like, you did it. Okay, cool. And then the next part starts and it's even more exciting. And it's just like doing all of this and like knowing that like, when these books come in, it's like, it's just pushing our political project further. And it's just showing people more and more like, you can do this. You can work in a non-hierarchical worker one business. Do it. Here, here's an example. Like, watch how there's tons of people who are doing this. You just have to find them. Hey there, it's Andy from the Corporal's Almanac. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. As you can probably tell, This content involves extensive research and editing to release weekly episodes. If you think this content is valuable for the future that we inherit, please consider financially supporting this project by visiting poorproles.com and clicking on the Patreon, Venmo, Ko-Fi, or PayPal tabs. Every dollar helps offset our costs for hosting the podcast content and helps offset hundreds of hours of work put towards this project monthly. Thank you for supporting us by sharing, liking, and donating to this project. Together, we can build a better future. It's interesting because I think you brought up this idea that it's been drilled into our heads that we like take orders. And I think part of that also is like that maybe there's this mystery behind that wall of like, well, this is my job. There's all these people. They're doing all these different things. There's a lot of things that I don't know. So I could never do all of the above or I could never like. There, there's a mystery to the business that I think makes it really frightening to to say, I can go and start a cooperative and we can figure it all out. It's like the emperor has no clothes, basically, where accessing the ability to do things yourself and having the, the good decision-making power to be successful is like the, the most difficult thing to overcome. And, you know, one, one of the things that's really stood out to me is the fact that, uh, like you had said, you guys have been successful in a time when... It seems like a lot of people in your industry have struggled. That that could be because of demographic changes and political opinions changing, which has put more weight into the work you're doing versus like a generic publisher. You also have like these media conglomerates buying up everything. And then conversely, you also have like the ease of access of now of like self-publishing and even the co-optation of that by like Amazon, which has its own problems that come with it. But you found a way to exist in this really interesting space between as a small publisher that has no interest in being bought out or anything like that. And while there is that opportunity for people to self-publish, they still come to you to get things published, which I think, again, speaks a little bit to the authority that you guys have developed in the anarchist space, which I think is really, like I said, really important to have because anyone can publish something. Not everyone can publish something with the backing of a reputable name. I think that is really important, especially in the world where the last, I don't know, six or eight years in particular, we've seen this Pandora's box being opened on the internet. 
the post-truth era or whatever you want to call it. So I, I think there's a lot of importance for the work you're doing. And I'm curious about what kind of opportunities, and I'm going to try to be as optimistic as possible about this, this post-truth era has for something like AK Press and the idea of providing an alternative viewpoint that doesn't fit that conventional narrative, which has been basically made valueless because of post-truth. At first glance, right, the idea of an anarchist business within the marketplace is just a really contradictory idea. And I'm sure like super, just super strange. But the way that we structure our work, the way that we learn about how to do our job, the content we publish, all of these things play into a part that we are just actively trying to destroy capitalism and move toward an economy that is non-exploitative, sustainable, and just. But that being said, you know, capitalism, it's still around us. The paper that our books are printed on, uh, the building that most of us work in, the packages we send and receive, the computers that we all use, like these are all things that are a result of the exploited labor of the working class. And the economy as we know it is not yet in the hands of the people, but it's our objective with our publishing program and the way that we learn from each other that we want to publish and distribute propaganda that is going to be tools for people who are actively fighting for the world that we want, the world that we deserve, and like the world that is possible that I very well did not think was possible prior to coming to AK Press. That when I came to AK, I didn't have knowledge of, let's say, how to receive a package coming into the warehouse, right? And then my coworker showed me how to do that. In a normal job setting, that would have been a manager training me. And what I mean is that like, I had a coworker showing me how to do that. So there wasn't that pressure of like, this is my boss watching me how to do this. I'm nervous. What if I make a mistake? It's, this is my coworker who I see every day, who is here for similar reasons to work at our political project, to push it forward. This person wants to see me succeed. This person wants to see me succeed, right? And if we had managers in workplaces that could see themselves like that as a way to like help our coworkers, I guess. I do want to get back to this, my question about this idea of like the opportunities that exist because of the the post-truth era where it's like this, this final solution to like postmodernism of like now nothing really has any credence any more than anything else. And it offers an opportunity for alternatives to come forward, even if it doesn't have the same weight that like, you know, for example, CNN might have. You can say like these two things are now equal to anybody, not just people that have already been exposed to anarchists theory or Marxism or whatever. It's here's an opportunity where this terrible thing of post-truth uh, actually does give us some unique opportunities in a time when we probably need it more so than ever, given climate change and the fact that we're watching capitalism eat itself in real time. So I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts or insights on your experiences. I want to try and answer this in the best way that I can. Uh, Shar and I talked a little bit before this interview about how AK Press has survived all of these, you know, different eras and it's still in the process of growing, right? We're seeing a, I hate to use the word demand. It's such a, what, such a weird word, but we're seeing people all over the place that are heavily informed. They're on their phone. It's just surrounding them all the time, whether that's 
shit on TV or shit on the phone or like on the TL or whatever. And people are noticing that there hasn't been like an increase in racism. There hasn't been an increase in transphobia. Like these things have been ingrained in our society for so fucking long. And AK Press has long been a source for people to learn from writers and journalists and educators and organizers that are doing work on the ground with the, you know, the people that they love and in their communities. And we're seeing that kind of growth in real time. I feel like AK Press is really growing. More people are starting to hear about us, which is really wonderful. And it's really crucial at the same time. I think that we are able to, to give tools to these people. It's both a beautiful thing. It's a, at times a very scary thing because at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that we're publishing things that we believe in and people will take something away from it. Yeah, I love how you just said that. I think the thing is like AK has never stopped publishing. Like we haven't let these things ever get in the way of like what our goal is. And like what our project is, which is like to sell books and to produce books about anarchism and to share ideas of like radical knowledge and radical theory. I mean, like nothing has stopped AK from publishing and like all of these different eras that we've been through. It's just like, no, year after year, book after book, like not to say that they don't phase us and they phase us personally and in our life, but like as a company and like who we are, like we want to be a resource and like we want to be there we have been there and we're going to continue to be there like we're going to continue to publish books we're going to continue to try to help in any way that we can and that means like us sitting down and being like what book does the world want need right now what authors should we talk to about this what are we looking at like what are people what do people need to read about right now and just to talk about like other forms of media and stuff like that I mean like there's audiobooks are a great way. There's lots of great podcasters out um, doing stuff like and promoting other ways uh, to learn and to listen and alternative forms of media. It's actually a reason why I love our speculative fiction series so much because which is called Black Dawn. Um, right now we have two books published through that series, which is A Country of Ghosts by Margaret Kiljoy and then Grievers by Adrienne Marie Brown. And I think that there's something so beautiful about fiction because you don't have to, I know lots of people are like, I'm nervous to read theory. I'm nervous to sit down and open up this book. But it's like, there's so many different ways that radical knowledge and theory inspires people. And I think that fiction is a great way to do that. And I think that that's something that AK also has always offered is like great options for fiction books and great options for other things. It's like, to be radical doesn't mean that you have to sit down and read every single book that let's say AK Press has ever published. Like you don't have to be that, but you can read and like there's all these different options and you don't have to sit down and read, you know, a Murray Bookchin book to be an anarchist. Like you can read anything you want. So many different ways to be radical and there's so many different books to read to be radical and there is no reading list to be join the club. Like, and that's something that I just like really like about AK is that like, we don't have a reading list to join the club. Here are all of these books. Read what you want. Read what fulfills you. Read what inspires yeah. you because we need all different types of radical people once all of this falls apart. Like we're going to need people who know how to garden really, really, really well. And then we're going to need people who are reading books about participatory economies 
and stuff like that. Like this movement is going to take all kinds of people. And like, it just doesn't have to be for people who want to like sit down and read historical anarchist books. You know, it's like, there's so many great options for people. Talking a little bit about Black Dawn, for example, sometimes we get ARCs or galleys of some of our like lead titles and I'll reach out to folks and see if they're interested in reviewing them. Sometimes that looks like folks on Bookstagram or Twitter or whatever. And there is an incredible, you know, radical Bookstagram, book TikTok community. But it's one thing that really stuck with me. I was reaching out to folks to see if they'd be interested in reading A Country of Ghosts by Mark or Killjoy. And I sent this book and they messaged me and they were like, this book fucking changed me. Like, essentially, like this book changed my life. Like it really, and it's an absolutely gorgeous fiction novella. It's just amazing. Margaret's just a rock star. Yeah, her work is great. Just truly incredible. And that wasn't the only response that I had heard regarding Margaret's book that was similar to that. You know, to hear from people who may or may not be familiar with anarchism at all, reach out back to me and tell me, like, this book really put it into perspective on what an anarchist society can look like. Uh, it, It was a very formative moment for me as a collective member to hear that from some of our readers. I can imagine. I, I'm always humbled whenever somebody reaches out and they talk. They're like, oh, you know, I listened to the podcast and it completely changed how I think about ecology and collapse. And no matter how many times that happens, I don't think that like that moment of awe really changes because it's very easy to get sucked into this idea of that what you're doing is just in your bubble. And then when things come back from outside the bubble, like you keep always sending things out. And then when things come back, you're like, oh, that actually went somewhere is like this really surreal moment. And I can only imagine the work you guys do, how often that happens. Yeah, for me personally, in my everyday job, because one of my everyday jobs is I pack and send out all of our mail orders. And so all of the orders that go through our website, I get those together, and then I ship them out. And so it is for me like that is such a special moment to be like, oh, I'm sending this package of like this, you know, but like sometimes someone will buy like here's an example like one of my favorite orders to pack is like when someone buys like pleasure activism by adrian marie brown and then they buy philosophy of ecology by mary bookchin like when i get order combinations of books like that together i get so excited and i'm like oh my god yay like you those moments for me are so cool where it's like wow this person is really like crossing the line of like what we want people to know about which is like all of these things exist and like here's how you form them together and to have all of those in like one space is so cool and then just like oh this is going to some kid in ohio cool rad like awesome and also just sending out a book where you're like you know that someone is going to read that book and someone is so excited to get that book is just like another great feeling of being like you know that someone is going to get this book in the mail and read it and like be so excited because i think there's so much consumerism too where like people will order their books off of amazon and they'll order like 15 books right and it's like are those books just sitting and collecting dust are you reading them and it's so exciting to see like i <laughs> know so worried <laughs> you should see my shelf <laughs> uh it's just cool to like you know when someone orders a book and they live somewhere where you're like you're like wow like maybe this person doesn't have access to that and like to be a resource for people yeah it's pretty cool So I want to ask a little bit about the future. 
you know, we've talked, it sounds like organizations going great. And uh, I brought up this idea of like a post-truth era where I think a lot of things that have been traditionally in the last, say, 40 or 50 years, you know, pushed to the side as like fringe, like anarchy, for example. And I think in, in an era where people don't trust the media more than ever, it allows organizations like AK Press and alternative forms of media, whether it is through publishing or through news, like Means TV, Means Morning News, or whatever it might be, there's this new opportunity where the value by society of those things is equal to the biggest multimedia organizations the world has ever seen because of the fact that nobody believes anybody, which is really frightening, but also really liberating. And I, I'm interested about your thoughts about where AK Press's role is in that, if you feel like in a post-truth era, it's important to produce more content or is it important to be more thoughtful about the content because there's new weight that is carried with it because of the fact that the world is more open to alternatives? And I don't know. I really don't have a, a specific question. I'm just curious about your thoughts about that. I mean, for me, it's just exciting. It's exciting that people are starting to question what they're being told on the news for the first time. And like whether or not that's going in a direction that I agree with. Like, it's exciting for me to have people that I grew up with for the first time being like, can you recommend me some books on this subject? Because I guess I don't really know. Like, I guess I don't really know. Like, you know, people being willing or interested in buying, like, let's say, like, indigenous people's history of the United States, right? They're not reading people's history of the United States. They're reading the indigenous people's history of the United States. People are seeking alternative viewpoints, I think. And are like actually starting to like question instead of just being put in the norm. And I think, I mean, I do think COVID has some, for me personally, I think COVID had some influence on that because a lot of people were stuck at home for the first time and we weren't being thrown into our jobs every day the same way where we're like, we're going to the office. You're sitting in your cubicle every day with your same coworkers at your desk. And then you're going home. It's like, you're in your own environment all the time. And like, you're not having other people's opinions yeah. going in. Like you have to sit there and think for yourself. And that's why I think reading is cool too, because when you're reading a book, often you don't have someone like coming back at you and contradicting what your own thoughts you're having at the same time. Like you can sit there and read and come up with your own thoughts and opinions and whether or not you agree with what you're reading, at least you're thinking about it, you know, instead of just like, this is what my teacher told me. So it has to be true. Right. I'm going to tackle a part of your question. So for the future of independent publishing, which I'm really happy you brought up because it's something that I think about all the time. And while it might seem like a tangent at first, I promise I'm going somewhere with this, but soon we'll be publishing a fiction novel written by Robert Evans, who is an investigative journalist. And he also hosts uh, the podcast through iHeartRadio, Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. And for folks who don't know, Robert Evans self-published the ebook and the audiobook last year and made it available for free. And this year, we'll be making that book available in print on May 10th. There's definitely a demand for physical books. I have a feeling that that's not really going to change. I sure as hell hope it doesn't change. I mean, like, you can't see it, but there's a, there's a bookcase back here. <laughs> but there's so many ways that writers, journalists, and publishers are able to get information and ideas out to the world. And I think that really needs to be embraced. 
I guess like as a reader to me, Robert really changed the game because his whole goal was to make really good fiction available to people who can't afford it. And it's a fantastic book. People love it. People have been able to read it both online. They've been able to listen to him read it. And so many of those people are very excited to get that book in print. Those kinds of things like making books available for free while also being able to share it IRL in front of you. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing that we can only hope and expect very similar things to come out of independent publishing. Yeah, I did listen to his book and it was really good. But yeah, that's, it's really interesting. And I think in a weird way, optimistic, despite the fact that Amazon is, we'll pick on Amazon. Amazon has tried its damnedest to basically buy up anything profitable and they still can't kill I guess, the creative innovation of people who don't want to exist under the umbrella of Amazon. For folks that are listening and are not familiar with AK Press, where would you like to send them to uh, go buy as many books as their hearts desire? Well, we have a website, uh, akpress.org. And on there, we have all of our titles and all that stuff. And we also have a really great program called Friends of AK. And that is a subscription where you can there's different tiers. There's an audio book, uh, there's an ebook uh, tier, and then there's a physical book tier. And then there's my favorite tier, which is the Sponsoring for Political Prisoners program. And that is a, so our friends of AK is you get a copy every month of whatever book we publish that month. And so you subscribe and you pay, at least for the prisoner one, it is $15 a month and it's $10 cheaper than our usual one. And then you can send a book to anybody who's incarcerated. And as well, you, on top of that, you get 50% off of any book that we've published and 30% off of any book that we distribute to on our website. So the Friends of AK is a really cool special program. And before I let you go, what book would you like to promo and tell people to go buy? Because I can't talk about books without having you sell a book. Oh, we have so many. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many. So we launched the pre-order campaign for After the Revolution by Robert Evans that will be coming out May 10th. We also have a bunch of other books coming out this spring and summer. One of them is A Profession Without Reason by Bruce E. Levine, basically about a very beautiful critique on the industry that is psychiatry, clinical psychiatry, and how radical thinking and enlightenment can kind of show us the way. And then we also got another cool one, Overcoming Capitalism by Tom Wetzel. That book has been some years in the making and we are very happy to have it available for pre-order. Basically, it's like a guide to alternatives to capitalism for folks who are interested in labor organizing and union organizing and how if we wanna change the way things are going in the workforce, we really need to think about how to have a intersectional and very involved community around around work. Shar, what are you excited about? I think also as well, we just released Weight of Our Stars, which is about um, Octavia Alvarado. And when he is awesome, you wanna read about, if you wanna read about anarchists uh, robbing banks and riding motorcycles, that's a great one too. Uh, it's also just about what it's like to live uh, life as a radical anarchist. And then A Country of Ghosts. I love that book. 
I think it's just a great fiction book standing alone, but also just to see the way that anarchism is brought into that book is so beautiful. So. Awesome. Shar, Christian, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. 